Yo, what's going on guys? It's your man Cozy. You are now tuned in to Run The Tape. This is going to be episode 9. Such a pleasure to talk with you guys as always. Due to popular demand, we decided to bring back our special guest from last week, Major Key. Yo, yo. Thank you so much for joining us again, man. Episode 8 was great. You know, we had a, we had some really good conversations, I think. We did. Um, we talked about DJ Khaled, the song Top Off, how Beyonce is killing the game right now. She only came out with one rap verse. How Jay-Z need to step his game up already. <laughs> you know that, that there's a running joke right now with the the announcement for On The Run that basically the only reason that Jay's on the tour is that so Beyonce could keep an eye I, on him. I saw that. I saw that. That was funny. Um, last week, we also talked about Tory Lanez, new project, Memories Don't Die. So I know that you took some time to go back and listen to I Told You So, or yeah. I Told You, rather. How you feeling now? So my opinion changed a lot. I know what, was I, your, what was your original opinion? My original opinion was I didn't like I told you so or I told you I didn't like it at all. Memories was way better. I think that whole week after we recorded, that's all I was listening to was I told you. Even with the skits, the first time I, I probably just wasn't listening. The skits were throwing me off. But even with the skits, the story he was telling and the songs, I'm fucking with it. You fucking with it? Yeah, cool. a lot. Uh, last week, we also talked about Nip Hustle, him coming out with the Victory Lab project. If you haven't had the chance to check that out, please do so. Kami came out with a new project last week that I talked about. It came out last Friday. But we also touched on why he's not spoken of in the same breath as like some of the other legends in the game. Nas, Jay-Z, you know, he has the accolades, he has the sales, he has the affiliation, he has the integrity. So just some, giving you guys something to think about. Um, this week, we're going to discuss uh, Logic. Came out with a project, Bobby Tarantino, too. We're also going to talk about him just in general as an artist here in the game, where he stands in terms of hip-hop you know, hierarchy. Um, additionally, we're also going to talk about these you know new rappers that are entering the game and them not really paying respect and paying homage to other people who've kind of paved the way, whether it be Big Pun, Big himself, Tupac, things like that. So make sure you stick around. And for our last topic, we're going to discuss album sales. Not just album sales in general, but how, what type of effect the RIAA plays in the decisions of some of our favorite artists in terms of how they give us music. So all that and more, tune in. Thank you so much for checking us out with Run The Tape, episode 9. Check us out at Run The Tape Pod for Twitter and Instagram. We always want to hear back from you. Let us know about the feedback from the show because we want to use that to improve. But thank you so much for tuning in with us, man. Um, so yeah, as far as his logic, man, overall, how'd you feel about that? All right. So I'm not a Logic fan. I never really listened to Logic, so I, his name has been buzzing a lot. So when this came out, I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to this and try to get on the Logic wave. He makes good songs. I think the project itself is, is strong. He obviously can rap. For some reason or another, I'm just not sold on him, though. No replay for me. No replay. No. Logic is one of those artists that's, he's like, he's hot and cold. You go to some people, they're like, y'all fuck with Logic. You and go to some people, and you're like, nah, I don't really fuck with him like that. Especially when he came out with Everybody, which was his last his last studio album that came out. And then he had that 
that hit song where basically he was talking about like suicides or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was like the the big song of like 2017. Um, one of the big songs of 2017, excuse me. But um, Logic came out 2000 and really started hitting the ground running back in like 2011. He was on the the freshman's list, the Double XL. And he had some really strong company with him. On that list, he had Absol, Schoolboy Q, both out of TDE. He also had Action Bronson out of New York that coming out of Queens. Definitely should make sure you check him out. Um, Wiz Khalifa was also in that group as well, along with Travis Scott and Angel Hayes. So he had some good company in that group. Out of everybody that's in that crew, maybe Travis Scott and Schoolboy Q removed. Like Logic is pretty much like outperforming everybody. Wiz, all of them like have their strengths, but Logic has his strength too. His last album came out, everybody, he sold you know, 240,000 copies in the first week. I think that's strong. I mean, I did some research on him. He definitely has a strong fan base. He's doing a lot, and he's been out for a while, just me personally. I get it. I mean, I'm not buying him. And just listen, listening to Bobby Tarantino 2, a lot of the songs I was listening to, I was just like, this sounds like J. Cole, this sounds like Travis Scott. Like... I'm just not hearing, like, him. That originality. Yeah, and okay. then I went back, probably, I think I listened to The Incredible True Story. Okay. And I like that one. That was That's probably one of my favorite projects. Today. Under Pressure is his first album that came out. That's To me, that's one of the best ones. The Incredible True Story is. Yeah, I didn't get to like Under it. Pressure. I'm going to listen to it. Yeah. I like The Incredible True Story okay. way more than I like this one. Songs like Boom Bap Trap or something like that. The Boom Trap Protocol. That sounds like straight Trap Scott to me. Okay. Um, And then Yuck. Yeah, that's it's interesting that we're talking about Yuck. You know, while we have it available, let's go ahead and get into this, get into a sample of Yuck. You know, let us know how you feel about it. We'll discuss it afterwards. Straight J. Cole. So you feel like that was straight J. Cole? Straight J. Cole. He can rap. The production is like, it's good. I like it. He's a little, he's nerdy. And not that nerds can't rap, but it's just like, I feel like he studied rap. He doesn't have his own style. He just knows how to rap like everybody else. Got it. I think, I mean, I think that's an important, important topic. I think that's important. Does Logic have an original style? He does have this ability to start up, like as far as like to rap fast, like he changes pace mm-hmm. really well. What's interesting about that song is that Jordan Lucas has some choice words for him after that song came out, where basically he said on Twitter, why don't you say some names then? Because mm-hmm. during that excerpt that we played, he kind of referred to, and even a little bit after that sample, basically some rappers feel like feeling insecure because he's on top. He's doing his thing. I mean, the guy did just sign a $30 million Def Jam deal, right? And when you think about it, Lil Pump, who just came out with Gucci Gang not too long ago, opted out of his $2 million deal for Warner Brothers and then signed back again for $8 million. 
So just to put that in perspective, because you got a guy that came out with one of the biggest songs last year with Gucci Gang, only re-signing for eight million. Then you got this nerdy rapper re-signing for thirty million. You know what I'm saying? So that's gonna make a lot of people uncomfortable. They're gonna wonder like, why not me? So basically, when you're on the top, niggas gonna take shots at the crown. So Joyner Lucas has some things to say, and a lot of people feel like Yuck is Logic's response to him. Mm-hmm. In terms of a, a diss rap, like I, I, I know a diss when I hear it, right? You saying names in the diss, you saying personals in the diss, you you quoting figures in the diss. This wasn't a diss. This was like when Drake came out with Charged Up. Okay. Like it's not back to back. No. But he's <laughs> he's beginning to acknowledge you, but it's not like a full on this this is for you. I'm talking about you. Let's see how you, you. I'm talking to you, right? I'm talking to that fan base. So that was yuck. But obviously you feel like he sounds like J. Cole in that joint. Yeah. I mean, even, yeah, he just straight J. Cole. All right. So look, just to get into the next song, another feature that he has. He has some really choice features. He features 2 Chains on this, Big Sean on this, Wiz Khalifa on this. The next song that we're going to get into is Indica Badu. That's going to be track number six. Let us know how you feel about it. Riding around the city where my homies blowing trees, wave you like the seven seas, living life. Let me get it right, let me give it a minute to get up in it like a beautiful independent woman. It's gonna make you wait to smash. Come now, let me count this cash. Come now, let me sip this flash. Pockets fat like shorty ass. Jumping a whip, gotta get this gas. Put that shit in drive. I'm live like ammunition, no permission needed. I proceeded to accelerate. Had days with hella hate, but gotta let that anger migrate. All this shit that's. So yeah, that's Indiga Badu featuring Wiz Khalifa, who had a surprisingly solid verse for Wiz Khalifa. That's my favorite track on the album. That's your favorite I'm, track? I'm adding that to my library. That'll probably be the only song I replay. Off of, mm, off of Bobby Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> that I was mean, a good one. That beat, that beat was smooth. That was a the, smooth the beat. The beat was man. real smooth. I mean, and I love a good weed anthem. And I mean. Cause you, is that because you partake? Not as much as I used to. But I mean, from, from I, time to yeah. time, you upgrade from the right. hookah. <laughs> he didn't catch me, which was surprising because I knew that he had a large back end. So I was like, you know, I never got into him. I got to be missing something. Like right. I thought I was sleeping, but I I don't think I'm missing much. You feel like you you, you woke up on time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, guys, let us know how you feel about that one. That was in Deca Badu featuring Wiz Khalifa off the Logic Project, Bobby Tarantino 2. Um, I mean, as I said, me, I consider myself to be a Logic fan just because I think that his musical arrangements is important. I think that the way that he crafts songs together, I never really thought about him in terms of being like an impersonator, in terms of him sounding like other people. So now when I listen to him, I'll definitely take that into consideration. Like When I'm listening to his music, who am I getting? What type of vibes? What type of energy am I getting? Because a lot of the topics that Logic discusses, you don't really hear about that much um, in terms of him being you know, biracial and him not being able to identify with whether he's black or whether he's white. But a lot of people kind of feel some type of way about that because they feel like he's he's riding his wave, right? He's like kind of like, like riding in the middle mm-hmm. because... He's not black enough to be with, you know, let's say the Jay-Z's and the Kendrick's, right? But then he's not white enough to be with, you know, let's say the Macklemore and G-Eazy, right? right? So he kind of 
like Rise's line where he's kind of safe. Yeah, in his music, does he? I don't think he says the word nigga in his music. No, he doesn't. He doesn't say the word nigga in his music, and I and I think that's you know, I think that's a smart decision. I think he's developed and grown since his first project. Anybody that's I'm not sure whether I'm a Logic fan or not. Definitely make sure you check out his first couple projects because those are the, always the best projects for any artist before they blow up. So that's going to be Under Pressure, Bobby Tarantino 1 that came out, and The Incredible True Story 2. I, I don't want to take anything away from him. I'm not saying he's like a bad rapper because he definitely can rap. His production team, A1, they put songs together, but it's just every song I listen to, it's like I'm on the fence of it being like, oh, this shit is good. It's like it's always something that's just like, all right, something's missing. And I just think it's because his songs, to me, they just sound like it could be somebody else's song. Because he's not that person, it's just not it's not going all the way. Got it. Now I completely understand. What's, what's the boom trap? Boom Trap Protocol? Boom Trap Protocol. That has Travis Scott from the top to the bottom. It just, it just all over it. Okay. Boom and, Trap and Protocol. The, and the Wizard of Oz song. Yeah, I wasn't, there were a lot of, like, there were some misses on this one that I didn't really like too much. Um, one of the things that was really cool, though, about this project is that track number one, he features Rick and Morty, though. That was a little lit. It's I, funny because you got a Rick and Morty a Supreme uh, sweatshirt on. I love Rick and Morty. I love them. That's like my favorite cartoon. I gotta, you know, I, I didn't make it past like episode two. Am I sleeping? Whoa, of season one? Yeah. Oh, you're, you're, you're on snooze. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna go back and check out my Rick and Morty then. That was really dope. Hearing Rick. Hearing... One of my favorite parts. When I heard that, I was like, oh shit. But yeah, after that, you know, as far as the actual songs, Overnight, Contra, Boom Trap Protocol, it starts off like pretty chill. Like and there's no marquee songs. It isn't really until you get into Yuck. Then after that, you have Indinka Badu. Midnight is cool. He does a two beat thing. The first part is cool. I dig with that. But then the second part, you know, he kind of shows these different angles. Bobby Tarantino. For those that don't know, Bobby Tarantino is also like his alter ego. Mm -hmm. Cause Logic is more like the reserved, chill, nerdy. Yeah. And then he kind of changes into Bobby Tarantino. To kind of come off like get that arrogance off, like talk his shit a little bit. So throughout this project, you hear a lot about you hear a lot about the thirty million dollars Def Jam deal, which is kind of annoying. <laughs> Rappers do talk about their numbers and in the, the, the bags that they get. I get it. Tory Lanez, that's all he talks about. Jay, hundred million dollar Live Nation deals. I get it. 50, 50 Cent, $400 million, vitamin water, I get it. <laughs> so rappers definitely have a penance to go back and just refer to the numbers when getting that credibility off with him as a businessman. But Bobby Tarantino, he definitely talked about that a lot, his ability to be successful, but then also at the same time be original or be to himself and not try to conform and be like anybody else. Warm it up. I mean, let's get into track. Let's get into warming up. Warming up is featuring Young Sinatra, who's actually another alter ego of his. It's not, you know, because mm -hmm. Young Sinatra, that was one of his like the, the titles of one of his first mixtapes that came out, like Young Sinatra, like Volume One type shit. Um, but yeah, let's get into that. That's going to be track number eight. Warm it up. 
better hope than the captures. Greatest alive like I'm cashes. I put them all in their caskets. They can't seem to get past it. I'm a bastard and master the flow. And none of y'all ready for the massacre, though. Fuck with logic, get asked to know. Matter of fact, it's not impossible, just highly improbable. Like saying the police isn't robable. But I'm liable to walk up in the station in blue face. Like fuck the police. Blue lives ain't a race. Fuck whoever said this rap shit was never a race. This shit a marathon. Murder you motherfuckers and carry on. Claiming that you really buy this shit. You got your gym carry on. So yeah, that's gonna be Roman up featuring Young Sinatra. I mean, how you feel about that one? Sound like somebody else song. Sound like somebody else. If song. I had the time, I mean, I kind of listened to everything in about like a day and a half. If I had the time to really sit and listen, and I can probably come up with like, okay, this is this person's song. So, but the the songs are good. They sound good. He he can he can do it. He deserves. All the accolades, he has the right to brag. I'm not taking any of that away from him. But in terms of originality, it leaves a little bit to be desired. I don't know who Logic is. I mean, it's important. That's you know, As an artist, that's extremely important. Originality is the hallmark of your longevity in the game. People feeling like you sound like somebody else. That's why when you think about all these other rappers, designer. When designer came out, sounded like Future, I already knew his days was numbered. Mm-hmm. Then... Casanova two times came out not necessarily sounding like designer but that whole yelling screaming Takashi 69 and type shit I already know these dudes aren't gonna last be fresher their ability to be original was compromised there's already somebody that's in your lane so unless you're gonna go at their head and knock them off unless you're gonna do a 50 cent go in <laughs> knock the top dude off and then take his spot and do the same exact shit and capitalize off of it bro just just you know, be in your lane. Enjoy your fifteen minutes of fame. I don't like. Do you feel like? Do you feel like there's a second chance for designer? No. You think I mean, that was what, it? Panda. Yeah. What? What was after that? He had the the new English EP that nobody fucked with. Timmy Turner track that he actually butchered because when he was singing it for his double uh, XL freestyle, everybody was into it. But the actual song that he made. From that, everybody was like, bro, you fucking ruined it. Yeah. But, like, originality is key. You got to be original to be able to last, you know? But speaking of original artists, another track that he features on this is What's Up. Uh, a lot of people feel some type of way about Big Sean because they don't know, you know, he's kind of like this C student where he's not trying to so much get potential. A, so much potential, but is he living up to it or is he just coasting for the bag? Like, he doesn't take too many risks. People are like, eh, bro, you're kind of boring a little bit. So, yeah, this is going to be What's Up featuring uh, Big Sean. This is track number 11 off Bobby Tarantino 2. So yeah, man, that's track number 11, What's Up, featuring Big Sean. I've always been a Big Sean fan, always. Um, I was, I've was i been rocking with him since Finally Famous Volume 1, right? The mixtape joint, right? When he was on the cover with the babe hoodie. Back when he was <laughs> back when he was rapping super duper. Back in, that's like 2008, 2000, you know, 2008, 2009. He came up with the Finally Famous album, Marvin Gaye and Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. You know, he had that, 
he had some hits throughout his career, and he's in this weird place right now where he doesn't take the risk that he needs to put him in the same breath as Kendrick Lamar, as J. Cole, because they both take risks. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that, and I feel like that the Metro Boomin, is that his most recent? Double or Nothing? Yeah, that was it. That was... <clears throat> That was nothing. But Big Sean, I mean, I feel like that's his history. He comes out with an album or a mixtape or whatever, and, like, it's kind of weak. It's like, eh, there's a song or two on there I like that I'll go back to. And then he'll come out with something after that that's, like, real big. And then it's just no consistency with him. He's not elevating. He's kind of, like, wading in the water. Got it. So what do you guys, so, like, how do you guys feel about Big Sean? Do you think that Big Sean is top five artists some people do put him in his top five some people say Kendrick J. Cole Big Sean they may they still say Jay-Z but Jay-Z gets like this asterisk because like yeah he's always in the top five but is he in the top five because he's, he's in like, the top five or is he like grandfathered into right, the top but five I, I think that's exactly what it is he's grandfathered in so he just it's holds like a, a permanent spot permanent spot it's etched in stone so he's just reclaiming his time <laughs> Jay-Z is <laughs> reclaiming his time. It's really a top six. You name five, Jay-Z Plus just Jay. is stamped. So who, is, so who would you say is, you would say, who's your top five? Top five in the game right now. Oh, shit. Let's not actually do no list. <laughs> Don't list it. So just say, uh, who are your top five, top five MCs right now? Uh, Definitely Kendrick, Cole, Fab. You're making faces. Fab. I love him. Okay, Fab. If we're going to go with the obvious Jay-Z, that's four. Where's Drake? Okay. Drake, sure. All right. So, as of right now, you're saying Kendrick, Cole, Fab, Hove, and Drake. Drake. I'm I'm comfortable with that. I would say mine would have to be Kendrick, Cole. I would push on it. If I was listening, I would push on towards the back end, like five, mm-hmm. like pushing out. I'll put Pusha T. Like I would replace Fab with Pusha T. It's just an overall energy with Pusha T that I'm just digging into. And his music, his music is super creative. And I think it's just his 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 relevancy right now as being an amazing MC. Having he has bars for days. I mean, Fabulous got bars too. I'm not saying that Fab don't got bars. But Fab, remember we had that conversation last episode where we talked about Nicki Minaj? And we said, what What was your main criticism on Nicki Minaj? You said that the fact that she don't come out with projects. Fab's last album was 2009. He came out with Loso's Way. Ever since then, he's been coming out with these like summertime shootouts and Young OG project. But none of those are albums. They're just projects. The level of investment in those projects isn't like, is he taking a risk? Like, so until Fab comes out with that album, it's hard for me to say Fab because he just keeps coming out with mixtape after mixtape after mixtape. And that shit he did with Jadakiss, I'm good on that. That's, that was like old man rap. He killed him on Friday on Elm Street. I feel like that Freddie versus Jason thing was so... It was supposed to happen so long years ago. ago. At least three, anti- four years ago. The anticipation for it is like when it came out, I was expecting a lot more than it was. He's still in my top five. Okay. Fab, I, I would respect anybody that puts Fab in your top five. What are your top five? Let us know in your comments. Let us know how you guys feel. 
Do you got J. Cole in your top five? Are you saying fuck Kendrick? He's just too corny to be in the top five. Do you put Fab in your top five because of his witty lyricism? Let us know in the comments. Let us know how you feel. We want to hear from you guys. But some of those, we named some legends, some future legends, right? And some up-and-coming rappers. There are a lot of other up-and-coming rappers who seem to just not be getting... Just understand you gotta you gotta check in, as they say in LA. When you when you come in and you wanna kinda come into the game, you gotta pay homage. You gotta like show a little bit of respect to the people that have already paved the way, to the OGs of sort. And it's kinda getting a little out of control. Um way out of control. And I feel like it's it's easy for you to talk shit about somebody or pop shit to somebody who is no longer with us. And I find that to be like the easiest way to to get to be clickbait. So you got Lil Xan who did a interview with Revo TV. They basically t- gave him a couple of different things to rank from one to 10. So just to put things in perspective, Drake's God's plan came up, he gave it an eight out of 10. Tupac comes up, he gives him a two out of 10. <laughs> and the funny thing is that the video pauses and says, really, Tupac? <laughs> they gave him a two, we gave him a two. Then he was like, yeah, his music is boring. Gave his music, said that his music is boring. Mind you, he gave Beethoven a nine, like Beethoven, right? Like, the classical artist Beethoven. <laughs> gave God's Plan an eight and gave Tupac a two. Little Yachty said that Biggie was overrated. XXX Extension said to DJ Academics, don't compare me to Tupac. Tupac can't do what I do. Tupac can't make rock music. Tupac was just a poet and a thespian. Wow. I'm going to be honest, the... the I don't know. I've I've outgrown that the young Lil's mumble rap. So I don't know too much about him. I don't even. I can't tell you a Lil Xan song. I can't tell you a XXX extension song. I mean, I've seen him featured on things like the the Kodak Black Rolling Piece. I think that's the only thing I know. I mean, they just. What did they grow up listening to? They grew up listening. The, who said this? Lil Yachty said, "How could you expect me to put?" somebody on the pedestal when I grew up listening to Drake, which is true. That's what I was trying to figure out, how old they were and what exactly did they grow up listening to. 22, 21, 22, 23. But I still don't think that's an excuse. No, of course it's not Especially if you're in the music game. Absolutely. You got to study the craft. Who came before Drake? Who paved the way for Drake? Like, Drake is, he's he's not the messiah of this. No, he's not. Absolutely not. <laughs> and one thing that stood out, and I think we talked about this in last episode, we talked about the struggles that Jay-Z has in people being able, his relatability. We talked about this in last week's episode when we talked about Jay-Z and his, the fact of relatability, that people don't feel in tune with him. There was a rapper out of Connecticut named Annoyed who came out with a project called Blame It On Jay-Z where basically it was like the young niggas 444. Mm-hmm. Because he felt like Jay-Z left the young niggas out of 444. Like he was just talking to old heads the whole, the whole album. And I can, I can get that and I can see that, but you also got to put certain things in perspective. He's giving you gems from an older perspective. Things that you're going to run into. Exactly. Like you're thinking about the right now. And when you listen to these rappers... They're talking about shit that you haven't been exposed to yet. You haven't been exposed to because you're still pushing you're still pushing yourself in your career. And until you get to that place, I would just say appreciate the fact that there's a guidebook that's there. Fab is a guidebook. 
Fab is a guidebook to all the young rappers coming out of New York. Jade is a guidebook. You need to be looking to them for a reference point to how you move and don't move. You don't want to fucking be like, end up like Joel Santana running from cops because it's <laughs> not a gun in your bag. Like, you don't want to oh be, you don't want to be like on a run and shit. Like you don't want to do that. Like you want to move accordingly. You want to make sure that. And as part of being an older artist too, it's important. Is it not? Do you do you agree or do you not agree that it's important that to be considered a legend in anything? It's not just about what you did. It's about how you ushered in the next generation that For comes sure. in after you. For sure. I mean, it's just about being influential. And just being able to, you know, move the masses. And Jay-Z definitely been doing that since the beginning. I feel like even Biggie, too. So for you to say Biggie is overrated, it's just like... You got to give props to Jay because without Jay, there'd be no Drake. And you got to give props to Big because... I mean, you got to give props to Big because without Big, there's no Jay. Now, you could say Jazzo, but then, all right, that's another person that you got to give respect to. Just by association, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you you see a beautiful woman or you see a, a handsome man, right? You're going to give props to who? Their parents. parents. Because without the parents, without those genes, that person would not be there for you to enjoy them as you do. Right. You feel me? But I feel like they're getting it like, backwards a little bit. It's almost like, nah, I just want you. Fuck your moms. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't, can't move like that. Cannot move like that. And I find that to be extremely fucked up. Like, I, I got a real problem with that in general. Just because I feel like at the end of the day, especially, and it's even worse because you're not even nice. Right. You're not even nice <laughs> and you talking shit. Like, my nigga, you trash. Look like, <laughs> Lil Yachty, like, your album, Boat, flop. The project flopped. He was, it flopped so hard he was tight that it flopped. Then he just came out with Lil Boat, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, a second time, second time around. That's also going to flop. So it's like, you need you don't need to be telling other people who's overrated and who's trash because last time I checked... You're trash. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you need to be the last one that's like, nah, nah, nah. Like, I'm a two. He's a two. XX, like, or Lil Xan. We don't even know, we don't even know one of your songs. Not one. XXX Extension. You saying Tupac can't do what you do? Nah, he can't do what you do because <laughs> Tupac made good music. You don't. So also keep that in mind too. You also just got duffed out in LA. You also like you also have no eyebrows. You also have Dragon Ball Z dreads. Like my nigga, I, like what? I wish I even knew who you was talking about. Like I don't even. I have no idea what he looks like. It's. I'm telling you, it's crazy. And I and I blame. I don't blame Lil Uzi Vert. I don't. I don't blame him at all. But the fact that. Lil Uzi is as successful as he is. It just creates the lane. It just—it's like the same way that Kendrick opened up the lane for like these these weirdo rappers in terms of like like how Nip Hustle said these weirdo rappers, like people who are more in touch with their emotions and are more creatively inclined mm -hmm. than just the boom bap rappers. Lil Uzi Vert opened the floodgates for these little <laughs> niggas. Period. It's between him and like Ray Sherman. Them two together. And Migos, all of them combined, just that's it. Anybody, cause everybody sees the wave now, and they just gonna, where's my surfboard? I'm ready. I'm ready to catch a catch this thing. But it's sad. Is their music gonna last? You said you asked this like what I say. I said <laughs> last episode. I said the same shit. I said yo, Ray Sherman came out in 2014. It's 2018. They still here. 
But Ray Shrumman, I don't put them with you don't put them the in Uzis with the Lowe's? and the because I feel like their music is still quality, it and is. I feel like it has originality. And I don't think it's that on that mumble rap wave. It's not. No, it, it's not on a. It, I wouldn't say it's on a mumble rap wave. It's like a step up. I think it's a step up from that. It's not so, that far from it, but it is a step up from it. I will give them that. Ray Shrumman, like that's that's gonna come on old school at noon years from now. The little yachties, like I just. Yes, yeah, true. I just feel like that's just gonna, that's gonna phase out. Popcorn shit, microwavable <laughs> shit. Almost. Yeah, I think about um, every time we talk about this, I just hear that the little sample in the the pound cake song with Jay Z and um, he's just like Drake, and he's like, only real music's gonna last. All that other bullshit is here today, going tomorrow. That's just wholeheartedly how I feel about it. Okay. And I agree with you. I think that, you know, the music industry in general is creating this type of lane where there's just a lot of cheating going on. It's a lot of cheat codes, a lot of down, up, down, up, left, right, <laughs> BBA shit. And they're just allowing people to just come in, capitalize off the music, come out with trash ass albums, long ass albums that we don't really want to listen to like that. You don't want to listen to I don't want to. Li- I don't. I don't want to listen to that shit. Yo, you come out with an album that's 60 songs, my nigga. 60 songs. Why the fuck would I want to listen to an album that's, that's three hours long? You want, you know what else is three hours long? Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Lord of the Rings is three hours long, too. Am I watching that on repeat? No. That's absolutely a, that's not, That's a bro. drive from New York to Baltimore. Bro, th- <laughs> yeah, that's, that's from here. That's, that's us going back to school for Morgan State. We can listen to Chris Brown heartbreak on a full moon i'm not dissing i'm not dissing chris brown at all i'm not saying this shit is trash i'm not even here for it i ain't even listen to it like like that i tried to get through it i couldn't make it past like track 17 i had to like take a break <laughs> i had to take a smoke break and come back like I, it was like a job for me like boss can i clock out like can i come back can i finish this work tomorrow like that's dead ass how i felt about this nigga album it took me some time to get through but it it was worth it. It's definitely worth it. I think now the the bonus Christmas tracks. You <laughs> <laughs> came out with bonus Christmas tracks. Heartbreak little, on a full Christmas. That was a, that was, a, that was a little extra. Super extra. I but, don't listen to the to the deluxe version, but the heartbreak on a full moon. I mean, you was explaining to me how the streams work and right. So, just for the listeners, um, basically, the system that the RIAA puts in place now is one stream equals one song download. 1,500 streams equals one album sold. Now, if basically 1,500 streams equals one album sold. So, if an album does 3,000 streams, that's two albums and so on and so forth. Right. Um, and then you also have the traditional one album for one album system. I buy a full album. That is that's the old school way. I bought an album. That's an album. But now it's like like these asterisks. You stream it enough. Uh, we'll, we'll say you sold an album. It's kind of making it simple because people have always streamed shit all the time. The way that people fuck you knew that people fucked with your shit is we went to the store. We went to F for your entertainment. We went to Sam Goody. We went to Towers. We went to Best Buy. 
Target back when Target was charging crazy ass price for albums and the shit didn't get discounted to nine ninety nine. Back in the day, niggas albums were thirteen ninety nine, and you had to go and buy that shit, or you you got it from the bootleg man because you wanted to make sure it wasn't trash first. Then you went and bought it, <laughs> or you or you got it off Kazaa, LimeWire, Napster. <laughs> you wanted to make sure that it was hot. Then it was hot. You went and copped it. But nowadays, you stream one song enough, it is considered to be an album sale. What's happening is that some of the pros, some of the pros to this in general, right, is the artist's success. If you come out with 24 songs and them 24 songs stream the way that they do, it's an automatic bag. Automatic. Because the, the rules and change. And, and and it doesn't mean that it's a, you know, you, you can only be successful if you come out with a long-ass album. Because last year, Kendrick's Dan was only 55 minutes long. Wasn't even an hour. Tyler, the creator, Flower Boy, which is my which was my pick for album of the year rap wise was only 47 minutes long 444 was only 36 minutes long wow it don't gotta be three four hours for it to be good but what they're doing is artists are no longer making music for us to listen to they're making music for them to be able to capitalize more as far as financially like chris brown he has 62 songs his his shit gonna be triple platinum I mean, but doesn't the song still have to be good? You still have to want to click on it. Maybe, but because define good. Define good. Because if 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 good was everybody's, if we all had the same idea of good, there'd be no Lil Xan. If we had this, all ideas had the, if we all had the same ideas of good, there'd be no Lil Yachty. So everybody's shit is different. So you get enough people that think that every single song on Heartbreak, of a, on a full moon is fire or you get enough people that think that every song on Migos Culture 2 is fire no way but but there's some there's somebody out there that's like I'm a, I play this shit back to back son back to back to back to back to back to back <laughs> there's somebody out there and there's enough there's enough of their community out there to why they have quote unquote they have platinum singles and that's the and that's the other thing too if you sell if you stream Hundreds of thousands of, of songs of a single. So let's use Tory Lanez, Skirt Skirt. You love Skirt Skirt. So let's play. <laughs> let's, so you probably stream Skirt Skirt like a hundred times, right? Probably. So you take Skirt Skirt, add it up. Everybody streamed it. Now, Skirt Skirt alone, it gets a plaque because it's been streamed a lot. Then when Tory Lanez comes out with Memories Don't Die, the numbers from Skirt Skirt get transferred to his album yeah that's that part is crazy so basically it's the same as when Jay-Z had the pre-sales for Samsung when they pre-bought a million copies of his album before it even came out mm. so now I'm not mad at the artist getting to the money I want the artist to get to the money because if they struggle and they struggle rappers then they're not they gonna come out with struggle music we don't you know I'm sure we're in agreement that we don't need that. Right. Looking at some of the cons, how do you have a like cohesive project from start to finish when you have so many songs? It's hard to have like a flow, right? Because when you think about it, 57 tracks or 45 tracks, it's hard to be like the first 10 sound like this, the next 10 sound like that, the next 10 sound like that. And it's hard to, to decide like, where songs need to go well let's make sure we don't put track number 16 behind track number 38 <laughs> when back in the day you 
Nas Illmatic was only 10 songs. Yeah, I mean, I feel you. I feel you coming from, um, but just talking about Chris Brown. Me personally, I felt like, although, not even with the Christmas tracks, although there were 40-something tracks, I still feel like it was... I still feel like the concept was there, the heartbreak on a full moon from start to finish. I mean, he had his random, like, pop techno tracks, but, I mean, that's just what he does anyway. Right. But, I mean, I, I think he did a good a good job at doing that. And that's, not, and that's not to say that you can't come out with a long album and it'd be dope. I mean, some of the... We have, we've had some great, uh, amazing projects. Excuse me. We've had some amazing projects that came out that have been double albums in my lifetime. Tupac, All Eyes On Me was a double album. Big, Life After Death was a double album. Um, you also had Dipset, Diplomatic Immunity yeah. was a double album as well. Outcast was a double album. You wanna know the, you, <laughs> funny fact, you, know the, you wanna know the first double album that ever came out, hip hop? What? Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff. Wow. I'm the rapper, he's the DJ. Wow. So they were long ahead of their time. And if Chris Brown, if, if this whole stream thing wasn't a thing and Chris Brown released a physical album you had to go buy with 45 tracks, I, it would have done just as well. I don't think the streams, like, he cheated at all. Now, okay. Migos. It's case by case. Yeah, it's definitely case by case. It's case by case because, like, okay, think about it. How much Toy Lanes came out with... Memories Don't Die. He did 54,000 his first week sales. That's good for like this generation now. But if he was a rapper that came out in the mid, early 2000s, or late 90s, and he only did 54,000 his first week, that would be considered a flop. Yeah. Right? So you see how the streaming shit is changing the perspective of how we judge success. Because now people are like, these low ass numbers, but they making money in different ways. So the numbers don't, it don't matter no more. And, yeah. but that used to be the hallmark. Yeah. You know? And like Jay said, women lie, men lie, numbers don't. And nowadays it's like, well, now the numbers is lying. <laughs> Cause now these numbers are saying one thing, but the actual sales are saying another thing. Like they'll do this thing where they'll say 80,000 units sold 50,000 actual sales so the 50,000 actual sales that's the physical copies of the album that's book. when you go and that's the traditional one for one I bought the whole album on iTunes that's one album sold the other 30 or 40 comes in this new system I mean at some point that's just going to completely phase out you think that's not gonna last? Buying physical albums? Oh yeah, buying physical albums is gonna phase out. And that's cool, that, that can phase out. But I also feel like they're phasing out the digital part too. Where, not not digital in the sense of like, where you can't buy the digital album. But now when iTunes allows, allows you to buy songs separate, mm -hmm. before it wasn't like that. You, you had, had to, to like, buy the, buy the whole shit. Now you can like, pick and choose what you wanna buy. And that's why, you will come out with an album that's 24 songs because when you used to listen to a project if it was 11 songs and you didn't like five of the songs the album is considered trash over half of that's how I that's how I judge it if I don't like at least half of it is to me it's just not good 
24 songs, you got 24 chances to have a hit. That's a lot. The key thing is that your ability to hit it the first time is what makes you an amazing artist. J. Cole comes out the first time. Kendrick Cole's, Kendrick comes out the first time. That's it. But now, like, these niggas is getting, like, these little crutches. That's allowing them to still make money, which is dope. But the music isn't even as good. Because another thing that happens is when you, you may not be as rigid in the song that you're picking. Because you need to fill a quota. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like you packing. It's like you packing for a vacation and shit, and you got a suitcase that's too big, so you just start throwing shit. But if you really had to whittle it down to like three, four outfits, a lot of that yeah. shit would go. Yeah. But because you got the space for it, you just start throwing like, ah, I may use this. Ah, I may use that blouse. I may use them heels. But normally, that wasn't your first choice, and that's and I feel like that takes away from great artistry because they used to curate. And like be very meticulous about the songs that they put on the album. You used to hear artists all the time, like, yo, I whittled 60 songs down to 15 for this album. Yeah. And then the other four, for the other four good ones, maybe what bonus tracks. But nowadays, it's like, all, I'm gonna just all 60 everything. is like fucking here. <laughs> like it's like Costco, two for one. You get you get three <laughs> albums in one. Like Ray Sherman's about to come out with a triple album, one for each of them solo and two and one for each of them solo and one together. I'm not That's crazy. That's crazy. Think about that's that's minimum 30 songs. Minimum. That's if they do 10 a piece. What if they do 15? What if they do 17? You're talking about 50 songs. For one, that's a fucking movie. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I got it in me to give an artist a whole three hours of my time. Not in one sitting. Yeah, you're right. Damn sure not in one sitting. <laughs> not in one sitting. I don't know, guys. Let us know. Let us know how you feel. What do you guys think? You guys do. You, would you want to listen to an album if it was three hours long? I don't give a fuck how Pusha T could come out with some shit. I don't know if I could listen to it for three hours if he dropped if he dropped a four three four hour album, but. Let us know in the comments how you guys feel. You know, let's think back a little bit. Let's talk about Logic. How you feel about Logic overall in general? Are you a big fan of the Bobby Tarantino project? Do you feel like, like, like Major Key said, do you feel like he's signing like other people and his kind of his originality is maybe not built up the way that you know other people may build it to be? Do you think that the little the little niggas need to stay in their lane a little bit, make their little money, and then bow out the game? But them taking pot shots at the legends in no the game respect. is <laughs> <laughs> no respect. No respect. No suit for you. No respect. <laughs> Do you feel like you know they need to kind of fall back and just learn that respect? Like, I mean, even if you don't like it, because I was more of a Biggie fan than Tupac. But I'm not gonna sit here and curve Tupac because I like Biggie better. Like I still know what Tupac did for his fans. I yeah. mean, I may not have been one of his biggest fans, but I know what he did for his fans. Right. So it it just it just doesn't it don't make sense. I'm not I'm not I, I listen. I've like been, who are these guys managers? Like they need to remember what's the show with Diddy? Made them rap made, the whole uh, making, making a, a band. band. They need some Diddy boot camp. Like you're gonna <laughs> rap these lyrics. I'm gonna make you run to Brooklyn like for cheesecake. Be, yeah. <laughs> run for these donuts. Like because you just you 
it, it doesn't make sense. You it, you sound foolish, and then to then you drop an albums called Boat and Little Boat. Like, come on, come on now. Listen, guys, that's why we here, man. Run the tape. We here to talk about these type of topics. We want to know your thoughts on it. Let us know how you feel. Obviously, you know we want to thank Major Key for coming back, sitting thank down, you for and talking me with us. Back. This this is fun. Two for two. Feel two like for you two. like you on your you on your Kendrick two for two right now. <laughs> Sophomore album is doing good. We always appreciate having you know having you back on the show. Looking forward to many more times in the future. As always, with Run the Tape, check us out www.runnertape.com. We we out here. We on Instagram, Run the Tape Pod, Run the Tape Pod on Twitter too. We just got booked for Stitcher. We just we just got the bag for for Tune In. So those are other avenues that you can check us out on. But we've always been on YouTube. We've always been on um, on SoundCloud. Always been on Apple Music. Check us out, runnertape.com. This is episode nine. This is your man, Cozy. Any last words for the people? Peace out, y'all. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Peace.